Hey listeners, today's episode is on Saint Dismas. Dismas was the criminal that was crucified next to Christ, and he is considered the first ever saint, as well as the only saint to be personally canonized by Christ himself. He is the patron saint of criminals, of prisoners, as well as one to turn to when you feel as if you are in a hopeless situation. He's a really underutilized and underappreciated saint, in my opinion. Also, I think historically, we have oversimplified Dismas and his backstory. So I'm really excited to jump into Dismas, showcase how you can get to know him, the role he can play on your altar, and the role he can play in your practice. We're going to open up with the infamous story on Dismas as he is being crucified next to Christ. And then we're going to jump into his backstory, some of the lore surrounding Dismas, as well as how you can incorporate him into your practice. As always, all detailed show notes as well as plenty of bonus content can be found on our Patreon. We have a very lively group there and a very active Patreon page. There's bonus content. We just wrapped up a four-week series on meditation that culminated in a episode on the rosary, so feel free to check out the Patreon if interested. Nonetheless, everyone, thank you for joining in, and I hope you enjoy this episode on Saint Dismas. Thank you. The smell of blood had already attracted the buzzards. Despite the fact that all three men were still alive, bound up to crosses at the top of the hill. The buzzards' cries were drowned out by the spectacle, but also by the pounding heartbeats that could be felt even in the eardrums of the men. Two of these men were tied to their crosses with their arms behind them, bringing on a slow, agonizing suffocation. The third man, however, if he were to even be considered fully a man, had a unique and savage form of punishment. His hands and his feet were nailed to the cross. His skin was grated by whips, stones, and spears. The crown of thorns was mockingly pressed into his skull, bringing forth a mask of crimson. And combined with the other gashes and wounds, a pool of blood quickly formed at the foot of the cross. All three of them joined together on this day to slowly die for their crimes against society. The man in the middle... The man with the mockful crown of thorns was Jesus. And the words, King of the Jews, were etched atop of his cross. The man to Jesus' left side, between his groans and his sighs, and between his exasperated, failing lungs, gasped to Jesus, Are you not the Messiah? Are you not the Son of God? You call yourself the Son of God, so save us. Save yourself. See? You're nothing but a fraud, aren't you? Jesus remained silent, fading in and out of consciousness, losing blood, tunneling vision, 
suffocating with each empty swallow of air. The man to Jesus' right, however, was a man named Dismas who interjected, rebuking the other. Do you not even fear God? You and I are subject to the same condemnation. But unlike this man, we have been condemned justly. This man is innocent. He has done nothing criminal. Jesus, Dismas said, remember me when you enter your kingdom. Between bloody, exasperated breaths, Jesus replied, Amen, I say to you. Today, you will be with me in paradise. And this is all we know about the first saint, Saint Dismas. But I like to imagine that before entering the kingdom, Dismas joined Jesus in his descent into hell. He was right there as Jesus tore down the gate to the underworld. And there they found John the Baptist in hell preaching to the lost souls, promising them of Christ's arrival. Then the three of them joined together to empty hell, defeating death and bringing all hell's souls into the light. The audacity of Dismas. I would suggest that some Catholics or Christians of today would rather have seen Dismas damned than to see him saved. For when Jesus tilted his head to the right to give Dismas his ear, he simply said, Amen, I say to you, today you will join me in my kingdom. He didn't say, but first... What's your view on homosexuality? But first, what's your view on pro-choice versus pro-life? But first, what's your view on the Trinity? But first, how do you interpret this line of scripture? But first, how do you interpret this line of dogma? No. None of that. Dismas showed compassion. And compassion was enough. And how foreign is that? <laughs> how foreign is that today? Because in order to be real in the eyes of an institution, you have to follow by line by line whatever the institution says. That's not what Christ said. Christ just said, Because you showed me mercy, I will show you mercy. That's all. We are not our actions. We are not our pasts. Those are all veils, they are masks, and Dismas was a criminal. He was likely a murderer, a revolutionary who incited violence. He likely committed violence himself. But even in our darkest of states, the divine knows those masks are not who we are. Those masks are not our totality. That even the most disgusting vial of masks that we wear are likely the product of our surroundings and darkened hearts, not a reflection on our soul. 
because our soul can never be completely darkened. Our soul can never be completely blotted out because our soul is a reflection of the divine itself. So these masks are temporary. And the mercy that the divine brings can clear blockages. And those blockages once cleared, we can enter the kingdom, not only the kingdom of the afterlife, but the kingdom that is already afoot here on earth, the kingdom that is flowing and swirling around us, the kingdom that we can tap into. But first, we must find mercy. God's love is not restricted to you agreeing with the institution. God's love is not restricted to those who only think, pray, act, or love a certain way. God's love and God's mercy is available to us all, even in your darkest of moments, even in your furthest of moments, even in your, the darkest nights of your soul, there's still a spark of the divine within you. You are still one of God's most unique creations. So when you were on the cross, you feel like you deserve it. Know that God still sees the divine spark within you and will have mercy so you can yoke once more with the divine. This is another episode of St. Anthony's Tongue, and as always, I am your host, W. St. Dismas is the unnamed criminal in the Bible who took up for Christ during the crucifixion. He is unnamed in the Bible. The name Dismas came centuries later, and it comes from the ancient Greek word for both death, but also sunset. And while he is often called the good thief, he likely wasn't a thief. They didn't crucify thieves. Uh, they crucified enemies of the state, those who practiced magic or sorcery, as well as those who took part in treason. And since he was crucified alongside Christ, his crimes were likely identical to Christ. So thus, Dismas was likely some form of political extremist who was fighting against the Roman Empire. However, unlike Jesus, Dismas did admit that he was guilty. While he was on the cross, he said we were condemned justly. So it's likely that he did commit murder, violence, and or some form of vandalism. And I feel like calling Dismas a simple thief makes us forget that Christ too was a figure going up against the authority of the time. He was in the same category as the others that were on the hill at Golgotha. And Dismas's story is very simple. Essentially, his literal partner in crime mocked Jesus on the cross, and Dismas took up for him. And this act alone was enough for Christ to say that Dismas was welcome in God's kingdom. Therefore, Dismas is considered the first saint and the only saint to be personally canonized of sorts by Christ himself. Now, there are a few non-canonical stories about Dismas's life, about his story. The most famous one I hear 
is the story how a younger Dismas looks to rob the Holy Family during their exile to Egypt, but Dismas was so moved by the beauty of baby Jesus that he gave them shelter in his cave instead, and due to his kind deed, Mary promised Dismas that she will ensure her son blesses him one day. So then on the cross, it said his heart was so darkened after decades of thievery that he forgot about this experience. But Mary remembered him, and while Jesus was dying on the cross, she prayed that her son would have mercy on Dismas as well. And that's when the famous conversion story happened. Now, this is a legend that was brought forth by St. Anselm of Canterbury, who is also the man that brought forth the penal substitution theory of atonement, which is not my favorite atonement theory, but it's the one that's still taught today. So he brought this forth, and these non-canonical stories were common because back then it was very common to tell stories, to teach a lesson, or to give more flavor, more background around a certain topic if there are gray areas. Because even then, even in the Middle Ages, which was when Anselm was around, religion still wasn't necessarily about being right or wrong, it was about sincerity. Nonetheless, I personally dislike this story because it's kind of obvious it was put there to meet a goal. And here the goal was, let's say that Dismas at least did one great thing to be worthy of Christ's grace. Um, this was more palatable to the institution because how shocking is it that a man that's so undeserving could find mercy. So instead of having this thief, this bad person just be converted for no reason, let's come up with this wild story about how he saved baby Jesus. Um, and you see this a lot in non-canonical stories. The other one that I've spoken about before is how St. Joseph was old. Uh, Joseph's age was never mentioned. I, In my St. Joseph episode, we get into the Greek language and why I think Joseph was likely young. Nonetheless, that story also served a purpose. It was to try to keep the perpetual virginity of Mary and Joseph intact um, through saying Joseph was too old to want to or be able to have sex with Mary. So nonetheless, I feel like these non-canonical stories are meant to give more credence to you still have to do something good to get into the kingdom. Um, but I love the thought, I do love the thought of Dismas being included in earlier Christian lore. I would love to know more about his life. I think that's amazing. Uh, but I think Dismas being a total stranger being a terrible person, not really knowing much about Jesus at all. Jesus was somewhat of a celebrity of sorts, so he likely heard of him. But I love the fact that he was a complete stranger and then he was granted access to the kingdom because that gives more credence to the mercy of God. It gives more beautification. It gives more power to the mercy of God. It's more of a beautiful thing rather than, yes, he entered the heaven, but remember this story from 20, 30 years ago. No, no. So there are other stories about Dismas, but the main thing we know, the main canonical text comes from the Gospels when he is on the cross. I also don't like that story because I don't like Mary just dishing out baby Jesus's grace. She just 
gave birth to Jesus and they're on the run from a dictator, I don't think bartering miracles in a cave would be very much part of her personality or what was going on. Nonetheless, my favorite part about Dismas is that he's an example of how things like doctrine, things like dogma, they're not that important when compared to our hearts, our soul, when compared to simply having regrets, simply wanting to change and wanting to accept God into your heart, even if you've been a stranger to God for many years. So as far as feast days and patronages go, his feast day is March 25th. He very much is a Lenten season type saint. He's also revered on Good Friday, and we're going to talk about that a little later. He's the patron saint of prisoners, political prisoners, also those maybe suffering from crooked politicians. Um, he's the patron saint of those on death row. Uh, one of my favorites, those trapped in seemingly hopeless situations because, of course, he was on the cross. Also, those that are involved in criminal activity but want to change their ways. He is also invoked to protect from crimes happening to you, especially theft. So, St. Dismas is a saint that is revered in some of the more folk Catholic and magical, mystical crowd of believers. However, I think he deserves more love than what he gets. So yes, folk practitioners, a little bit of hoodoo, a little bit of Southern Conjure. Um, I also see him in kind of the more occult-ish Christian and Catholic circles. He pops up there. He's in the Encyclopedia of Mystic Saints and Sages by Judica Isles. So he is revered, he is known, but I think he deserves a lot more. He appears only briefly in the Bible, so I get it. We don't have a lot on his background uh, like you would a Saint Anthony, or even some of the other what I would consider underappreciated saints. Uh, Saint John of the Cross, Saint Ignatius of Loyola. I think those are two very powerful saints. You don't hear a lot about them, but at least with them you have literature, poetry, various spiritual exercises. Dismas, it's a few lines in the Bible. So I get it, I understand, but his symbolism is so powerful. Yes, his appearance in history is very wispy. It's a few lines in the Bible, but his symbolism is incredible. He was someone with a past, but still found God, and he still had access to God despite of his actions, despite of his past. He was also likely a political revolutionary of sorts, partaking in some kind of movement. And today the world is, I'm gesturing to the world right now, it is what it is, it's, it's on fire. So what better of a saint to petition? And of course, there are so many social justice saints. I can't wait to do an episode just on social justice saints, but Dismas could certainly be another. And as a criminal, he is a spirit that understands and likely doesn't judge you for your past or your actions. His crooked path to salvation could also mean he can assist you in affairs that may or may not be so socially accepted. How about that? You could take that advice however you want, wink, wink. Um, he's also just symbolic 
of the forgiving nature of the divine. If you are feeling like you have emotional blockages that are keeping you from forgiving yourself or forgiving another, Dismas is your guy. And I think that's very powerful. I know a lot of us have difficulty letting go of anger, letting go of resentment towards others. And Dismas can be the one who helps us forgive not only others, but ourselves so that we can move on. Remember, my not my definition, but the Eastern Catholic, Orthodox, and various other institutional opinions on sin is not a checklist that keeps you from going to heaven. It's a blockage that helps you from connecting to God. And if you are holding on to this resentment, holding on to this anger towards another, it'll be much more difficult seeing God today on earth because we're holding on to that blockage and Dismas can assist us in removing those blockages. And I think one of the most beautiful images to me is just about petitioning, right? All of saint work is petitioning saints to whisper in the ear of God to assist us. And how beautiful is it to have a saint like Dismas whisper, look, I was a murderer and you did this for me. So can you please go and help them too? I think that is very powerful. So I implore you, I recommend you, really look into St. Dismas for your practice. I think he's a really unique spirit. He's a really free spirit. I would put his energy on the same level as a Mary Magdalene, but also kind of the staunch, bold energy of a St. Peter. Though again, we all kind of interact and experience spirit differently. Nonetheless, I think Dismas is an incredible saint and I think that you'll enjoy having him alongside you in your petitions, in your novenas, and in your work. Now, there are some traditional workings that coincide with St. Dismas. There's not many, but there are a few. And the few that I found I really do like. The first is called St. Dismas water or good thief water. Um, so for maximum power, you create this on Good Friday in the daytime to coincide with the crucifixion. You're going to pour bo boiling water onto five finger grass. Allow it to steep for 10 minutes, then drain out the herbs and reserve the liquid. And after the liquid cools, you sprinkle it over possessions, windows, and thresholds to prevent theft and break-ins. That's kind of the by-the-book working that comes from the Encyclopedia of Mystics, Saints, and Sages. There's some other things I would likely do. I would likely put a Dismas prayer card over it once it cools. I would likely pray some form of prayer, whether that's from the heart or a prayer on the back of a prayer card before doing that as well, just to fully incorporate Dismas a little bit more into that working. The next one is interesting because it's very similar to what you see with St. Anthony. And Dismas is also invoked to find lost things. His reputation as being a thief could also be seen as him kind of being a troublemaker of sorts. So when you've lost something, a common folk practice is to tie a string around the legs of a chair and ask Dismas to return the lost item 
And when he does, you'll untie him, you'll free him. And once you find that item, you untie the chair and thank St. Dismas for bringing it back to you. So I think that's pretty charming and fun. Um, a little bit of saint punishing there, but you're not using a image or statue of Dismas, so that's really interesting. And of course, it's very similar to Anthony. I've also heard the same little verbal charm, little chant, you know, Anthony, Anthony, come down, something's lost, it has to be found. Um, heard, I've heard very similar ones to Dismas, but most of the Dismas workings for finding something that you've lost has to do with tying the string around a chair. And those are the two main kind of folkloric workings that I have found for Dismas. Um, I do want to point out though, just having his card available in certain kind of workings is really powerful. Maybe it is a, a novena or a spell of some sort because you want reconciliation, right? I would add Dismas to that. You want to be forgiven by someone. You want to sweeten someone, whether that's a boss, whether that's a friend, whether that is a partner, Dismas would be there too. Since he did reconcile, since he did find forgiveness, any kind of tension in which reconciliation is needed, I would call upon Dismas. So using him in Novenas is really kind of easy to do, um, especially if it has to do with reconciliation. Also, maybe it's a Novena because you're in a hopeless situation, so maybe you're doing something with St. Jude. Um, Dismas would be another person to have as an ally in that working. Or you might just want to strengthen that St. Dismas water a little more that we talked about earlier. Maybe doing a Novena to Dismas and having the water on the altar as well. So again, we have to be a little creative when we start talking about these saints. Not every saint is going to have a centuries-old folk practice, but as I've mentioned before in episodes, kind of finding the remedy, understand what the saint can do, and then find unique and creative ways to work with him through prayer, through spell work, or whatever you define what you're doing as. That's what make folk, makes folk practice folk practice. So I think since we've uncovered a lot of the traits and characteristics of St. Dismas, we can kind of reach into our toolkit and come up with some workings on our own. So as I've mentioned in the Folk Magic Essentials episode, the Intro to Saint Magic episode, I kind of have what I would call the remedy method, which is let's find the problem and then which saint, herb, psalm, prayer can we use to fix it, to remedy it. And I think what we can do here, since we know Dismas is about reconciliation, he is about helping you through tough situations, let's reach into the toolkit and let's see what we can create. So what I would recommend is using him for a reconciliation ritual. So here is a fun fact. That famous cord cutting ritual that everyone sees, everyone practices, um, if you've ever been on any kind of witchy-esque social media, you've seen it. That actually can be traced back to a grimoire of St. Cyprian, or a grimoire who is attributed to St. Cyprian. And it wasn't really meant to cut ties, it was actually meant to reconcile. Now, that reconciliation could mean 
cut ties amicably, but the cord cutting ritual was actually to reconcile, not just sever all relationships, which I think is interesting because a lot of times when we think of cord cutting or we think of um, cutting someone off, uh, we think of it as abrupt and sometimes it needs to be, don't get me wrong. Um, but I think it, it's interesting that some of the earlier variations of that can actually be tied to reconciliation, whether that is making up or cutting ties amicably. So I want to talk about reconciliation or at least reconciling trauma or reconciling with someone else. So this could be a situation where you do want to reconcile with someone for the better, or you want someone to be able to have the strength to separate from you in an amicable way. So I think since forgiveness and welcoming is such a beautiful aspect of Dismas's story, let's use this folk magic toolkit to create our own reconciliation ritual. This is what folk magic is all about. It's not always looking at centuries-old practices. It's taking century-old elements like saint work, herbs, psalms, and putting them together in a way that fits your practice. So this can be used either to genuinely reconcile with someone or just reconcile your feelings so you can stop hanging on to trauma that the person put you through, or this can soften the heart of someone so they can more easily move past the situation. So what we're going to do is we're going to take an Our Lady of Sorrows prayer card. If you've listened to my Our Lady of Sorrows episode, which I hope you have, if you have not listened to it after this, Our Lady of Sorrows can soften the hearts of others and also soften your own heart. So we're going to incorporate her in this ritual. Now, we're also going to incorporate St. Dismas because we know he can promote forgiveness and reconciliation. We're going to place one black chime candle and one white candle in front of the prayer cards. Which one doesn't really matter? I would say black in front of Dismas, white in front of Our Lady. And now you're going to say a prayer to each of them individually, letting both of them know your situation. Now on a piece of paper, you're going to write the name of the person you want to reconcile with and place it underneath the Dismas card. Then on another, write your name, or if you're doing this for someone else, the other person's name, and place it under the Our Lady card. So the person, Dismas, your name, Our Lady. Now repeat. Our Lady, please soften my heart and show me the power and mercy of forgiveness. Use your swords to cut out the baggage and suffering that I am holding on to. Now, you can add on to that if it's something like, give me the strength to leave this situation. Add that as well. That was a example. Now, St. Dismas, please take person and show them the freedom behind moving on and moving forward so that we may both live in our own kingdoms in the ways that benefit us best. Of course, you can add on to that, you can tweak it, but the point is Our Lady of Sorrows is protecting you, softening your heart, and showing you the power of mercy and forgiveness, and Dismas is going to show the other person the freedom of moving on and moving forward. 
So this could be moving on from the situation if you are looking to cut cords, or it can be moving past the situation to work towards forgiveness. Now, take both the pieces of paper and have them face each other so both of the names are now touching, and then sandwich those in between the Our Lady and Dismas cards. Now repeat your request in detail again as the candles burn. And as they do, thank Our Lady and thank Dismas. You can end with a Salve Regina, a Hail Mary, and or a prayer to Saint Dismas. So all we've done here is kind of take a simple Novena-esque ritual, which is classic, which is standard, but we've added Our Lady of Sorrows because we know she is all about softening hearts. We've added Saint Dismas because we know he is all about forgiveness. And we've incorporated writing as well. So this kind of working would be great for assisting you in moving past trauma, reconciling, and forgiveness. So in conclusion, Dismas is kind of an elusive character in the Bible. We don't know much about him, but his symbolism is so powerful. I've said the words reconciliation and forgiveness at least 500 times on this episode but he can assist you in forgiving yourself, forgiving others. He can assist someone else in reconciling the situation so they can move on and stop bothering you. But also he was a political prisoner, so he can assist you in aiding any others that are going through the issues of political tyrants. Also, he was a thief and he can protect you against theft very very great saint to work with and i do recommend you look into him i do think he is a great example of the gentleness and mercy of god and it is very different from what is portrayed right today's christians today's catholics um they like to say that you have to follow everything by the book or you're going to hell and dismiss simply consoled Christ. And that's all it took. So I also just think symbolically he is a beautiful reminder to have on your altar, to have in your space, to bring forth a forgiving attitude, not only to others, so you can see God in all things. Get that blockage out of your system. Get that roadblock out of your system, that resentment you're holding on to, because that's going to stop you from seeing God. And Dismas is a reminder to let go. Dismas could be forgiven. Dismas could move past his past, and so can you. All right, now let's end with a prayer. My God. So often we may feel like prisoners. We may even feel as if we are hanging on a cross, suffocating much like Dismas did. For we cannot breathe. We are paralyzed either from the errors and the harsh judgments of others or through our own faults. But so often we feel trapped. We feel as if we cannot move, as if we cannot breathe. The early crucifixions with their arms behind the cross, their lungs would be suspended until suffocation. In God, we gasp for you. 
When we are devoid of air, you are the air in our lungs. But so often, we are hanging on the cross to see it. We are hanging on our own cross that we cannot inhale you, that we cannot feel you in our lungs. But God, remind us, just as Dismas hung on the cross with one kind word, with one kind thought, with one kind gesture, mercy filled his lungs and light filled his soul. So God, when we have trouble breathing, be our breath. When we are bound, be our freedom. And when we are trapped upon the cross, take us down. Take us down so that we may be with you. Take us down so that we may forgive ourselves. Take us down so that we may forgive others. And through that mercy, all the blockages will cease so we can see you, serve you, and know you in all things. Amen. Thank you for listening to another episode of St. Anthony's Tongue. I am your host, W. And remember, God will find you. God will meet you right where you are. Thank you. Until next time.